gentlemen and welcome to another episode of the nerdiest podcast in the midwest an episode where we are going to be talking all things comic book superhero movies for a big celebratory episode we are tonight's entertainment we are the midwesterners i'm your host brian stoffel joined as always by my co-host my partner in crime my sidekick, my wingman, my fellow nerd. Hey, okay, Kyle Wilson. We are the Midwestern Nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to this very podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. This week is a big, big episode. This episode calls for a cause of celebration. I have my whiskey, old-fashioned sweet, in front of me right here. Kyle also has bourbon and coke. <laughs> bourbon and coke. We're going hard this week for our 100th episode. That's right. We have officially hit the 100 mark in our regular brand of Midwestern Nerds episodes. And since we talk all things nerdy things, but especially comic books and superheroes. And the movies that those characters live in, we are going to be giving you our top 100 list of the all-time great superhero comic book movies. I'm just kidding. We're not doing 100. This would be a 10-hour episode. And while we love celebrating, we don't like celebrating that much. So we are going to wind it down to a top 10 best comic book superhero movies kyle and i each came up with a list we're going to give you some honorable mentions before we jump into the official top 10 i will say this for myself not all of these are my quote unquote all-time favorite comic book superhero movies i wanted to get a little diversity into this list I did. I, I told Kyle before we started recording, I didn't want this list to consist of eight MCU movies and two other random movies. I wanted to get a little bit of flavor, a little bit of variety, a little bit of touches into all the, the different genres as far as comic books and superhero movies go. So while these aren't all my favorites, they, uh, they would sit in my like top recommendations. If I was to recommend... 10, nay, 10 with five honorable mentions of superhero comic book movies to get them caught up. These are the ones that I'd recommend in this order. Kyle, you got a list too. How excited are you for this episode? How excited are you to be 100 years old? We've made it a century. <laughs> 
We, we've made it a, a, a generation. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool to be along for the ride. I don't know when I fucking joined. I couldn't tell you, but I'm sure you I'm at least. You started this ride. You started well, that's this true. ride with us. You're absolutely right. And I did made it. I, I started the ride. I made a couple of guest appearances before I became part uh, full time. So I, I, I feel a part of it. Definitely. I don't know. Again, I, maybe I'm here. Maybe I've been here for half of them. I don't know. Maybe we'll go back and do some math, <laughs> but uh, no, it's still super cool. Still just a really cool milestone to hit. Uh, I've done this with a couple of podcasts now and it's just, it's cool every single time. Like it's, it's not an easy thing to do to, to continue to do this podcast every single week. As fun as it is to sit here and talk about this kind of stuff. It's really not an easy thing to do this week by week by week. So uh, it's, it's a very cool thing that we've accomplished here and I'm very proud of us both. I'm very excited to talk about these movies. Unlike you, they're very much DC and Marvel. <laughs> but you know what? That's fine. I mean, I, I never said that they weren't mostly DC and Marvel. Okay, because all right, all right, let's be fair. Superhero and comic book movies, the majority of them are DC Marvel. There, right. I will admit there's a handful of, of indie stuff out there. There's a handful that aren't Marvel or DC. There are a couple of those on my list somewhere in the honorable mentions or the top 10. I just thought of something and I have a question that may be a clarification. It may spoil something on your list. Ooh. <laughs> Does star Wars count into this? No. Okay. That's why I was just wondering. Cause I just realized that star Wars has comics, but I guess they're not based on comics. The comics are written after the movies to fill in war. So that answers my question. <laughs> Good. Cause I didn't include them. All right, I'll get us started off. I'm going to go through my honorable mentions. I'm going to admit this top 10 is kind of a top 15 because we have been absolutely spoiled with all of the comic book properties that we have gotten as far as movies go over the course of near close to 25 30 years but even before the mcu there were still comic book movies out there there were some great comic book movies out there there were some great superhero movies out there so it was very hard to get this down to a top 10. so let me go through my five honorable mentions and first i'm going to start off with a movie that's going to surprise a lot of people because a a lot of people probably don't even remember that this was a movie. And B, there were probably a lot of people that were like, what? This movie? I don't care. I love this movie. My first honorable mention is going to go to the first Punisher, the Punisher movie starring Thomas Jane and John Travolta. This was a Punisher origin story movie. This was a rated R movie. Uh, ben Foster plays a small supporting role in this movie as well. I love this movie. It's the perfect Punisher movie. It it gets hardcore at times, but not to the point of Punisher Warzone, where we're getting just like gory and over-the-top brutal to be brutal. This movie, it's got some brutal things in it, but it's not over-the-top in that sense. I think it does a very good job of telling an origin story of the Punisher to give you an idea of, you know, how he became who he is. And John Travolta plays a really 
great mob boss uh villain to uh be his his uh thomas jane's punisher's adversary to take down it's it's a great fun movie it's an early 2000s movie but it doesn't feel dated i i go back to this movie all the time i love this movie so punisher is going to be my first honorable mention my second honorable mention is a small movie that was based off of a dc vertigo comic series starring the biggest cast that you have ever seen before any of them were famous this movie stars jeffrey dean morgan zoe saldana idris elba chris evans this is the losers i love this movie and unfortunately nobody saw this movie because this was supposed to be the first movie of a potential two three movie saga nobody went and saw it but me in the theater and it only made it to the one movie this movie came out like i said before any of those actors made it big uh chris evans was probably the most recognizable actor in that movie at the time and that's going off of not another teen movie and the fantastic four movies that he was in uh not a whole lot uh, on his on his uh board at at that point but this is an awesome movie it follows this this like black ops team that gets betrayed by their government they are now on the run zoe saldana is like hey i found the guy who betrayed you i'm here to help you bring you guys together so that we can take this guy out it's a lot of fun it's a funny movie it's an action-packed movie it's awesome it's I think it's only like an hour and a half. It's not a long watch. I I believe it's on HBO Max. The Losers. I highly recommend if you haven't checked this movie to check it out. My third honorable mention is based off of another DC Vertigo comic book graphic novel. And that would be V for Vendetta. Starring Hugo Weaving and Natalie Portman. Uh, this is based off of the critically acclaimed Alan Moore graphic novel, V for Vendetta. Unfortunately, Isis kind of ruined the uh, the look of the title character of this movie, wearing the Guy Fox mask. But this is an incredible movie. If you ever needed an example of why Natalie Portman is an excellent Oscar-winning actress go to this movie. She is fantastic in this movie. Hugo Weaving is also awesome in this movie. This movie that is almost like a political thriller with a comic book twist on it. Uh, v for Vendetta. Love this movie. My fourth honorable mention is The Suicide Squad. James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie. Another movie that not a lot of people saw, did not do well at the box office, half because of the pandemic and half because HBO Max decided to put it on its streaming service the day that it dropped in theaters. I have a little bit more faith that more people have seen this movie since Peacemaker ended up being one of the biggest comic book shows of all time. Peacemaker is in this movie. John Cena, even though you can't see him, he is in this movie. <laughs> if you've only ever seen the first Suicide Squad movie, do yourself a favor, watch this movie this movie is a hundred times better than that first Suicide Squad movie. It's fun. It's quirky. It's James Gunn flavor. If you want a sense of what 
kind of movies that we can kind of expect in the new DCU era, I would go to this movie. I think it's going to be a good indicator of what we can expect from DC movies going forward. And my last honorable mention is the Lego Batman movie. I needed to add in some animation into this list. I needed to add a, more than just one Batman title into this list. I needed to go with the Lego Batman movie. This movie is awesome. It is, at its core, one of the best Batman movies ever made. It's for all ages. It's funny. It brings in a lot of other uh, franchises and properties and storytelling elements that aren't usually in a Batman movie. But at its core, this is a tried and true Batman movie. We've talked about this movie a lot around the time last year when the Batman came out. We ranked all the Batman movies. And if you remember, this movie ranked pretty high in our Batman movie ranking uh, for the Midwestern nerds as a collective. And it needed to make it into my at least my honorable mentions in this comic book top comic book movie list. Those are all of my honorable mentions. I'm going to turn it over to my co-host now to go through his. Yes, I have six. <laughs> uh, it's hard to cut down. Listen, I, I'm a big Marvel guy. Everyone knows this. <laughs> so there's a couple. I wanted to throw in Batman Returns only because I remember this movie as a kid and rewatched it as an adult. And it, it like it's just absurdly funny, but it's also like fucking love Batman in that movie. Like it, it obviously is what made me fall in love with Batman and superheroes in general. So like had to throw that movie in there. It's one of my favorites. It's a very dark and adult Batman movie too. Like we all watched this as like young kids. Yeah. And we probably should not have. <laughs> There's a reason why Tim Burton wasn't able to make three Batman movies. And part of it was because McDonald's got pissed that this was the Batman movie that they like fully marketed. Holy shit. I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Captain America Civil War. And I'll also lump in together with that Captain America Winter Soldier. Those two movies, I think Winter Soldier by itself just stands up as a movie. You know what I mean? Like it just has, it just has it. And I'm surprised I didn't put it in my top 10, but it didn't quite make it because I, the, some of these movies just have a better place in my heart. Definitely not a better movie than all the movies I put in my top 10. I'll tell you that right now. But as Baby. far as, <laughs> right. As far as my top 10, didn't quite make it, even though it's just fucking phenomenal and like the story and just everything that they do in that movie is just great. Like I said, Civil War also, I, I believe, if I remember correctly, Civil War was my first experience with the Avengers all coming together. As far as like in a movie theater, because remember, I joined pretty late into the MCU train. And I think I watched Avengers at one point, but like, obviously, but like going into a theater and like being caught up with everything and watching civil war to me was like one of the coolest moments seeing all these people, especially seeing them all fight was just, just such a big moment. It was the introduction of Spider-Man. They handled every single character correctly in a fight against each other, which is I think so hard to do when you're, when you're, when you have the earth's mightiest heroes and they're fighting against each other, it's hard to make people look weak, but like, you almost have to it so at some point to make someone else look strong. And I just feel like they did it so well in that airport battle. Like I just, I, I love that scene. I love that movie so much. 
Brian's going to disagree with me on this one. Uh-oh. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. Now, listen. <laughs> it is it resurrected the Thor character for me. And I know Brian disagrees with all of this, so I'm not even going to you're you're not even going to get a response on this one. <laughs> I oh, Come on, give me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie because the, the first Thor is fine. It's a good origin story. It's fun. Whatever. The second one sucks. I just, I, it doesn't deserve the hate that it gets, but it also does. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not great. <laughs> and it's just kind of there. Like yes. it's, it's definitely like a continuation movie. It's like, oh, okay. If this was another a story of the week for Thor. We have to introduce another Infinity Stone, so I guess it gives Jane cancer. Let's run with that. Yeah, that this movie and Eternals, or not sorry, not Ragnarok, but uh, the Dark World and Eternals, they're not terrible movies, but on the MCU scale, they're definitely at the bottom. So that's why people think they're so bad. Anyway, tangent. Thor Ragnarok was like, holy shit, this character can be funny, but still extremely dark and emotional. And the like i don't know just the the story i, I just really enjoyed this movie like it, mm, so good i rewatched it way too many times brian tell me why it's not why it shouldn't be in my top 10 <laughs> it's your list and it's on a lot of people's top 10 comic book movies it's in a lot of people's top five mm -hmm. uh comic book superhero movies i i'll say the same thing that i've that I said after the first time I saw this movie, and that's it's a good movie. If you like, if you're just going into these movies as like a casual fan, it's a great movie. It's funny, it's action packed, tells a decent story. If you're at all a comic book nerd and you know some of the source material that this is all based off of, it's kind of a disappointing movie. And that's where I'm that's where I struggle with this movie as like a movie goer. I like this movie, but as like a comic book fan, like I have some really big issues with this movie. And so it's it it's not at the bottom of my list, but it's definitely not towards the top either. Like if we were ranking MCU movies, this would probably find its way somewhere towards the middle for me. Next, surprisingly. I was about to say not a Marvel movie. It's not an MCU movie. I just realized that it is a Marvel movie. But it's the only, and I'm going to get some heat for this, it's the only X-Men movie I've ever seen. Ooh. Logan. I okay. absolutely loved this movie. I thought it was, I obviously, again, I've never seen another X-Men movie. It was just something I never really got into for some reason. I'll probably rewatch them now at some point. But I... I just kept hearing good things about Logan and it ended up on streaming, whatever streaming service it ended up on. So I ended up watching it one night and I know the character of Logan. I know the character of Wolverine. So I was able to pick up the story right away. I was able to like, I know all the characters, right? So this movie just did. So it's just such a cool story to, again, it's risky to have a superhero look weak, but it's such a cool story that you don't see often and they just I, again i feel like they did it so well a character who's really kind of indestructible made to look very vulnerable and it extremely hard to do while still keeping it captivating and it's just it, it 
it really got me hooked. I was watching it like almost on the edge of my seat for most of the movie until what happens happens. And I feel like it set something cool up that I hope the MCU picks up like later, later, later. Again, they're probably gonna have to recast fucking everyone. There's no way, <laughs> there's no way they're gonna be able to just pick up where they left off. But I thought what they did was really cool. I I, I liked the vision of the movie and I just like how it was executed. It pained me to take it out of my top 10 and then to also take it out of my honorable mm-hmm. mentions. Uh, like I said, I wanted to add a little bit of variety to my list. I didn't want it to be all Marvel movies. I didn't want it to be all DC movies. Uh, I wanted to add a little bit of flavor, a little bit of spice uh, into my list. And it was one of those movies that was on my list for quite a while. And it, like, I'm still not very sitting, I'm not sitting very easy with the fact that I took it off. But at the same time, it's like, I had a list of 18 to 20 movies that I had to bump down to 15. And hey, at the end of the day, I'm got to get cut at the end of the day. It's on our honorable mentions. Right? It is. It, <laughs> it is. Brought up. Um, I had to put it on there because especially for me, when I was back in college too, right when I'm getting into Marvel, it was very hard for me to, I feel like I scoffed at the X-Men movies. I was like, huh, huh. Kevin Feige has nothing to do with these. Get away from me. <laughs> so, like, for me to watch this and, like, really enjoy it uh, and recommend it to people, uh, I thought I, it just absolutely had to. It was number 10 until I bumped it. Uh, and my final honorable mention, Black Panther. Fucking phenomenal movie. I almost want to, like, include one and two because I really like the second one, Wakanda Forever. But the first one's just, I mean... Talk about a villain that you fall in love with. Any good movie and, and any good superhero movie, I think, has a compelling villain that you can almost relate to where you might slightly disagree with how he's doing it. Like, that's the perfect formula for a good villain. And Killmonger hit the nail on the head for me. This was a great story. It didn't have to be an origin story, which is great. And I think Chadwick Boseman is just one of the best that we lost too soon. And it like it, it showed in this movie, just fucking phenomenal. Everything about this movie. Now I'm I'm struggling to remember the writer director, but Brian Coogler. Uh, there it is. I was I had Coogler in my head, but then fucking Community's Coogler popped in, and I got all confused. <laughs> um, yes, the, the Black Panther phenomenal movie had to be mentioned. Awesome. I I think we had some great honorable mentions. I and I love that top 10 episodes for us are like a giant best off in and of mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Like not just to the listeners, but I- I'm talking to Kyle and I'm, I'll be taking the same advice. If there are some on his list that I've never seen, go out and seek these movies out, watch these movies. Uh, they're great movies. The X-Men movies are going to be coming up. Uh, <laughs> some of them are going to be coming up in the future. Uh, in our top 10 lists, at least in mine, there are some really great X-Men movies. There are some really bad X-Men movies, but there are some really great X-Men movies. And so if you're like Kyle and haven't really watched any of them, go out and watch them because it's I don't you won't be disappointed in watching any of these movies that make that make it on our list. So we're going to go forward now with our top 10 superhero comic book movies. We're going to go two at a time, so I'll do two, hand it off to Kyle, he'll do two, and 
we'll we'll keep going until we make it to the tops of our list. So to start off at number 10 for me, right now, is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. It would be a crime not to have this on a top 10 list. It almost didn't make it on a top 10 list because, like I said, many times, and I'm going to say it many times more, I wanted variety on my list. And I didn't want to have like five Spider-Man movies on this list, as tempting as that would be, which is why there are going to be some surprising Spider-Man omissions on my list. Mm. But it would be a crime not to have this movie on because of how big of a game changer this movie was. This movie introduced the general movie-going audience to Miles Morales. This movie introduced the general movie-going audience to the concept of a multiverse, or in this case, a spider-verse. This movie introduced, I would argue, the common movie-going audience to comic book storytelling because this is an animated comic book. Like, to the point where... It looks and feels a lot of times like our characters are jumping from panel to panel, from splash page to splash page, to the point where you even get thought bubbles, you even get uh, speech bubbles, you get the the interlude bars on the top that, that say things like, meanwhile, or across town, and the animation style that this movie introduced to the world that it's now inspiring things like the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie. This movie is incredible. And I'm so excited for the sequels coming up and to see the continuation of it. It had to make the list. It's sitting at my number 10. Listen, I know that we're supposed to go two at a time, but for like one of the first times that we've made a list together, I also have this at number 10. We're actually wow. matching. With the wide scope that this was, <laughs> the fact that we have a similar pick is kind of insane. So I just had to, we just have to knock this out right away. I well, also have number 10. Jump in with your thoughts then, Mr. Yeah. Number 10. <laughs> no, like you mentioned, it's a game changer. And I think uh, everything that you mentioned, I, I echo everything that you just said. So I'll kind of keep mine a little bit more brief where like I, this introduced a general movie audience into how do i want to word this adult animation i guess is a good way to say it like animated movies are not just for children <laughs> it's 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 an art form and it's a media type that it can be used for different genres yes it's mostly used for children children's movies children's tv but it can be used so incredibly well we we saw it with with into the spider-verse we're going to see it with the new one, which is escaping me, the new TMNT, which is like almost an extremely similar style. Like, it, I think this was so huge for that kind of that that genre of movie too. Like it again, you like you mentioned, it has to be in this list. Like as soon as I thought of it, I had to bump some other stuff down. I had to put this at least at number ten because, again, just the the rewatchability, the soundtrack just the characters in general introducing people into the multiverse and not making it super confusing or anything like that. Like it's just such a great movie that it absolutely had to be on this list. 
My number nine is a movie that, unfortunately, not a lot of people would even have anywhere near their top ten list. I don't understand the hate for this movie because this is one of those rare movies that I feel like is as close as you can get to the source material while having some changes. But again, for me at least, is one of those rare movies where I actually like the changes that they made more than what how it happens in the source material. And that movie would be The Watchmen. This is deemed by many people as one of the greatest comic book stories ever told. This is based off of the 12-issue series written, again, by Alan Moore. This movie is so topical. Uh, it was topical back in the 80s when it came out, and it is still very relevant today. Uh, it follows a group of heroes that live in a world that feels like it does not want them, does not need them, but ultimately does need them because it's spiraling into, uh, into a, an apocalyptic state with the way that things are going. The interesting thing about this book too, is that this book and this movie is that it introduces superheroes into the real world, the quote unquote real world and shows how their presence would impact and change history, change the way that things would go uh, to the point where Nixon, president Nixon who was one of our few presidents that gets impeached in true history is like a fifth term president in this story. Like changes, like significant changes like that, that set the, the quote unquote doomsday clock close to midnight, which is a big theme in this movie. I love this movie. It's got the perfect casting. Like I said, it follows the, the source material almost beat for beat. Uh, so a lot of people don't like that for some reason. A lot of people don't like this movie for some reason, but it confuses me because those same people will be like, the Watchmen's one of the greatest comic books of all time, but the movie sucked. And it's like, but it's the same almost kind of, I don't know. I, I, I have it on my top 10 list because a, I love this movie and B if for some reason you don't love the movie, I hope that it would at least encourage you to go and check out the source material. Cause like I said, it, it is deemed as one of the best comic book stories of all time. It's one, it's one uh, book awards that comic books usually don't even come close to, to achieving. Uh, it's, it's topical. It's, it's an important story. It needed to be on my list. It hits number nine. Never saw it. <laughs> Number nine for me. <laughs> Number nine for me is, again, one of those movies that is definitely not as good as some of my honorable mentions, but it holds a special place in my heart, and I will always remember this movie. I will always re-watch this movie. And that... Batman and Robin! <laughs> Batman the movie! No. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Tobey Maguire, Alfred Molina... Spider-Man 2 versus Doc Ock. This is, 
it's just it's such a good movie and people who tell you otherwise are wrong that's it (laughs) there's no debate it is an objective opinion that this movie is great i i just absolutely love everything that they do with toby with spider-man it just follows on so great from the first movie alfred molina and doc ock are one of the best movie villains and i will argue anyone on that it's just so cool. It was so well done for the time. I this movie is just so so great. I love it so much. And then they fucking followed it up with three, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> we only need to talk about number two, which was just so good. And at, and for the time, especially as a kid, like of course I love number one. Number one was technically the first PG thirteen movie I watched. When I was like 10 years old, I was like, oh my god, I shouldn't be watching this. And I fell in love with Spider-Man, but then this movie came out and I was like, oh, I get it now. Like, this is awesome. This is super cool. So Spider-Man 2 absolutely had to be on this list. I will save my thoughts on Spider-Man 2 for further down the list. Spoilers. Number eight for me is a movie that I feel like is going to show up on Kyle's list. And I feel like it's going to show up a lot higher on Kyle's list. Had to make my list, though, because... Just like Into the Spider-Verse, this movie was also a game changer for comic book movies. And that would be the first Deadpool movie. This had to make my list. It had to make my list simply because of the fact that I have never read a good Deadpool comic book. As, As surprising as that might be, me being the giant comic book nerd that I am, I've never read a Deadpool story that I like. And so I was the least excited for this movie out of, I think, anybody in the world. Where Was the, the marketing and the ad campaign for this movie absolutely phenomenal? It was. But I was a skeptical uh, negative Nancy about it because I was like, the comic book sucked. The... So I don't know how the movie could be any good. I saw this movie when I was living down in Milwaukee by myself, uh, when I was very alone and depressed. And this was the perfect movie to come out for me at the time. Came out on Valentine's Day, the year that it came out. I remember because I was like, what better way to spend a Valentine's Day alone by going to a comic book movie by myself? And it ended up being a great Valentine's Day because this is a great, movie this exceeded any expectations that i think that anybody had for this movie Uh, ryan reynolds is the perfect wade wilson he told a phenomenal deadpool story it's very uh funny uh it breaks the fourth wall for the first time in comic book movies um it's it's just an awesome movie and i i love watching this movie And because of how much it exceeded my expectations and because of how good it is, had to make my list. It sits at number eight for me. My number seven movie is going to stay in the X-Men universe, in the Fox universe. I'm going with Days of Future Past. This is my favorite X-Men movie. It takes the Brian Singer Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, uh, Ian McKellen, Halle Berry, X-Men movies. And then it takes the James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, 
X-Men movies and combines them together into the perfect story that is Days of Future Past. This is the ultimate X-Men movie. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. Like I said, it takes those two separate X-Men franchises and blends them together perfectly. It's the first time that we get uh, Evan Peters as Quicksilver in that awesome scene that he's in. This movie is surprisingly emotional. Like there was legit a time where <laughs> in this movie that kind of breaks me. Uh, it's it's perfect. It it takes everything that you love from the X Men comics and tells this fantastic story. I I'm going to be putting the Rogue Cut version on this list because. I like that there's an extended version of this movie that brings in Rogue, who is very important to the first three Brian Singer X-Men movies, uh, into the into the fray when she was cut out of the theatrical version. And I like all of the additions that that movie brings. So uh, number seven on my list, X-Men Days of Future Past, the Rogue cut. Haven't seen it, and... Uh... Yes, you will be hearing about Deadpool later. Uh, so <laughs> uh, we are on eight and seven. So number eight. I feel like this should have. I thought this was going to be higher on my list until I made it. And I'm honestly, mm, I'm starting to rethink eight and seven. Eight and seven are <laughs> eight and seven are interchangeable. It's hard for me to rank these two movies. And you will see exactly why, because I feel like these two movies, they're extremely connected. And they, I, it just, mm, it's so hard to rank these. So we're just going to talk about them both. The Batman. Fucking phenomenal movie. I, like, a movie that when it was announced, it was like, Robert Pattinson, the fucker from Twilight, that's who we're doing as Batman, right? Like, what are we doing? And then, and, oh, it's going to be three out. I don't remember how long it actually was, but it's going to be long. Like, I have to sit through, like, what's going on? I'm not, a, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I was complaining about this movie. Phenomenal. Just, I, I like, literally nothing that you can argue about coming out of this movie, except something that I've heard recently. I didn't hear when it was first coming out. I've heard a lot of people recently complaining about how the Riddler looks in, like, his get up um which is interesting because i didn't even really think about that and like the more i do think about it i do kind of agree where it's like you take that comic booky look away from the riddler where he's got the fucking question marks everywhere and you turn him into the fucking gimp <laughs> in this movie and it's like mm, you know what mm, i do kind of i don't know that could have been better i i will agree with that it could have been better but that aside the riddler character and paul dano playing the riddler was fucking phenomenal um, the movie, I don't think there was any story beat that was missed. Like everything just worked so well. I loved the mystery element of it, solving the actual, we got Batman as a detective and it was just so cool. Everything made sense. Yeah. It, this movie was just so good. Colin Farrell as a, as a penguin, like couldn't, couldn't even tell that it was him, but he just, he did so good. Yeah. This movie was phenomenal. And, and, and moving right into seven, again, it's hard for me to rank these two next to each other. This is why they're right next to each other, because I've, I've been switching them back and forth this whole time. The Dark Knight. I can't decide which one is better. So that's why these two are interchangeable. I'm cheating a little bit. Because this movie was awesome. I, I 
it's it's documented on this podcast that I was very late to the Christian Bale uh, Batman movies. I watched them in 2020 when we all had a lot of extra time on our hands. Uh, I finally sat down and watched all three movies in two days and instantly re-fell in love with Batman <laughs> because these movies are awesome, specifically The Dark Knight. I mean, it's just such a, all three movies, really, you have to, like, the villains are great. Christian Bale is great. Batman is great. Uh, Alfred is great. Like, it's just, again, I can't fault anything with these movies. And that maybe that's why I had The Dark Knight. If you look at my actual physical list, The Dark Knight is actually above of The Batman, which is crazy to me. I never would have thought I did that. And maybe that's why, because there are some small holes that I can poke in The Batman. Again, small. But I, I really, when I look at it and I, and I think about The Dark Knight and even that whole trilogy... I just can't think of anything that I would change about those movies. They're just so good. It's easily not on my list, but one of my favorite DC movies of all time. And yeah, it's just, they have to be next to each other. I feel it feels poetic in my mind for them to be next to each other. I love both movies and I, I would agree with damn near everything that you said about these movies the riddler's look in the batman worked for me it, it's different and i think that's where a lot of people got a little butt hurt because right. it's different i felt like it fit the character the anonymity that the character was trying to have throughout that entire movie and the fact that you know he was trying to spread a message that like kind of like batman does with with his uh signal in the the nolan movies of like like it's it's not a person it's it's a symbol and as you could see in the final act of the batman there were many quote-unquote riddlers at the in that final arc so it, it, you know what you bring up a really fucking good point there <laughs> so it works for me surprisingly that movie's not on my list which blows me away because wow because like like you said, all of the positive things about this movie, but again, I, I wanted some diversity. I didn't want it to be the just Batman and Spider-Man list because it easily could have been, which kind of transitions into my number six and my number sure. five. Batman and Spider-Man are probably two of the most pivotal characters in my nerddom in my geekdom the animated series growing up got me into the world of superheroes spider-man was the first hero that fully got me into comic books and marvel comics and the same could be said about batman as well my number six movie it's a movie that already showed up on your list number six for me is spider-man 2 because this might come off as an opinion for some, but this is a true factual statement that if you don't think Spider-Man 2 is one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made, you don't know the character. You don't understand the character because this is a perfect Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man in the comic books, yes, is Spider-Man, but he's also Peter Parker. And when you have the struggles of the character 50-50 like this movie does, 
Toby Maguire is arguably for me, in my opinion, which right now is law. He's one of the best portrayals of Peter Parker. And this movie lets him shine. This movie does what the classic comics that build this character up, which these themes continue to this day in the comic books of we need to continuously have the world beat down Peter Parker and have him question why he is Spider-Man. And we need to remind him of why he's Spider-Man. That's what this movie does. This movie, like you mentioned, has one of Spider-Man's greatest villains of all time, brilliantly portrayed and perfectly portrayed by Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. This is a movie where, and I don't understand this argument, the people that are like, it's dated, like special effects are so much better now. There are things in this movie that, yes, there are times where you can be like, that looks like a 2005 uh, CGI special effect. But for the most part, because there are so much practical effects and stunts in this movie, it looks more realistic than the majority of the comic book movies that come out today. Bro, Toby stopping that train will still... It, what, one of the... Like, such a good-looking scene for how ridiculous it is and the time that it was that made. That whole subway fight in general. Like, this movie is absolutely phenomenal. It's one of my all-time favorite comic book movies. I wanted to put it higher on my list, but the movies that are higher on this list are there for a reason. Spider-Man 2 is above Into the Spider-Verse for me. No Way Home isn't on my list. Spoilers. Spider-Man 2, one of the greatest Spider-Man movies ever made. And is number six on my list. Number five is a movie that you also already had on your list. A movie that is very significant to me and very important to me. And that would be Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I was introduced to the Ed Brubaker run of Captain America about a year before this movie came out. A year before this movie was announced. This was early into my constant comic book journey before college like i picked up comics here and there i wasn't graced with having a local comic book store so it was if i would happen to be where comic books were sold and mom and dad were gracious enough to buy me comics those are the kinds of comics that i would get and so when i went to college in oshkosh lo and behold there was a local comic book store and I, that's when i dove headfirst in the comic books and this run was one of the first runs that I ever jumped into. Before I jumped into this run, I was like everybody who had seen the Marvel movies up to that point and thinking that Captain America is kind of a square. He's kind of like a goody two-shoes Boy Scout. The, the American dream, man. A lot of my problems that I have with Superman, I felt the same way about Captain America. And this story definitely flips that on its head and shows that Captain America is a badass. He's not like that that Boy Scout of a guy he is, but he's got some grit to him. And this story introduced me to what ended up being and still is one of my all-time favorite characters 
in comics, and that's Bucky Barnes, aka the Winter Soldier. The journey that Bucky goes on in the Ed Brubaker Captain America run starts in the Winter Soldier. And so all of that, and then this movie's announced. So I read this run, and then this movie's announced, and I am beyond excited. I have impossibly high expectations for this movie to the point where I was nervous going into this movie because I felt like it wasn't going to live up to the movie that I had in my head. And this movie completely blew me away. It takes the general concepts of the book and turns it into its own story. The fact that the big twist in the middle of the movie, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but Hydra is in control of S.H.I.E.L.D. That never happened in the comics, so I was fucking floored. I was like, what? It is rare when a comic book movie can surprise me like this movie did. And this movie is intense. The action sequences are nail-biting intense. When Winter Soldier and Cap are fighting for the first time on the streets towards the middle of the movie, I legit hold my breath every time that he's like trying to stab Steve like around the shield. It gets me every time. And the Bucky and who the hell's Bucky? Pulled right from the books. This movie exceeded my insanely high expectations and showed the world the kind of character that Captain America is. To the naysayers who, before this movie came out, I was like, no, Captain America's awesome. Captain America's a badass. Captain America's cool. The common movie, comic book movie audience at that time was like, you're wrong. You're dumb. I don't know what you're talking about. You're just delusional. And after this movie came out, all of those people came up to me and they were like, you were right. He's awesome. He's a badass. I love, love, love this movie. It's one of my all-time favorite comic book movies. It sits in like my top three of MCU movies. I love and adore this movie. It's damn near perfect. It sits at number five for me. You didn't tell me Dr. Doom was in this fucking comic. I'm going to read this shit tonight. What are you telling me? What the fuck? I opened up to a random page and saw That's the last book. Yeah. You got to start with Winter Soldier and then work your way through. This is Winter Soldier. No, like Captain America Volume 1 is also titled The Winter Soldier. Oh, I see what you mean. All right, we'll figure the that out. The order I gave you those books in is the correct reading order. So if you mix that up, <laughs> that, that might be on you, and I might have to help you out. But there's no guarantee they made it to the shelf in that order. <laughs> However, if that is true, that is the last fucking book on the shelf, and that's a lot of reading. So I'll see you in a year. Anyway. Um, <laughs> then let's just say this. I've always wanted to do a Midwesterners reads on the winter soldier comic that that 12 issue arc. I think that'd be a good future one to do. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you when I'm in the mood to read. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Anyway, funny enough, 
my list almost has a theme as we go two by two. It's uh, it's strange. You know, we had the two Spider-Mans at nine and ten. We have the two Batmans at seven and, and eight. I'll let you figure out the uh, connection here. It's a pretty obvious one once I mention both of them. I, but I, I think I already know. As soon as you, you said, as soon as you said that these these come in twos, I think I know. <laughs> I will say this one's a bit more of a stretch than the other uh, pairings, but. Number six. You might even know it once I say. You might know what my number five is once I say what my number six is. Number six for me, the, and it's important to say the, Suicide Squad, because this movie delivered, whereas the other one did not. <laughs> uh, I, for one, still enjoy the first Suicide Squad for what it is it's a terrible movie and if you go in watching it knowing that it's a terrible movie it's actually quite fun to watch i will <laughs> for anyone who wants you know there's a lot of people out there who like there's a cult classic called the room if you enjoy the room right go and watch the suicide squad and just make or sorry go watch suicide squad <laughs> and just make fun of it the whole time it's a very good watch the suicide squad i will admit i i like the first suicide squad movie too i will also admit that i was probably one of the only people who saw that movie twice in the theater <laughs> yes um i it's not a good story you could definitely tell that the studio made its way into the editing bay and completely ripped apart that movie yes. i am one of those people who does want to see the air cut because I like the characters in the movie. I like the actors and their portrayals of the characters. I completely hated Jai Courtney before this movie. And I was like, he's a garbage actor. Why do people keep giving him roles? And then Boomerang ended up being one of my favorite parts of that movie. Yes. And one of the things that made me the saddest about the <laughs> suicide squad and i'll leave it at that if you haven't seen the suicide squad that's fair but yeah i i like this movie's potential like there are certain story yes. beats and moments and arcs in this movie that i really enjoy it's just the movie overall as a whole is kind of yeah but oh. it's it's got the pieces it's just not put together correctly will smith is dead shot i mean how did this movie miss so badly? That's all I'm... This all right, movie not... introduced my queen. Yes. Yes. And so, Margot okay. Robbie as Harley Quinn. <laughs> Birds of Prey is... Birds of Prey is another one that I would love to talk about at a future date. We're not here to talk about that one, though. No. <laughs> we're, we're here to talk yeah. about John Cena and Idris Elba. And <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> yes. And Tangent. The Suicide Squad movie. Put that T-H-E in front of it. And we're talking about this movie because... I mean, man, I talk about over-delivering. If I, you know, like everyone, when this movie was announced, I think everyone's reaction was, we're going to try this again, really. It didn't work the first time, people. Come on, why are we doing this again? We're recasting Will Smith with Idris Elba. Kind of, but we don't need to. <laughs> like, people did not, I, I don't want to say they didn't give this a chance, but I, I can see why going into this movie, people weren't as excited as the first movie, too. The first movie, I mean, had fucking Rick Ross made a song for the first movie. Fucking 21 Fallout Pilots. Boy? Tw 21 Pilots. That's it. I, I, 
sometimes forget. Violet made a fucking song for this movie. Like there was a whole soundtrack for that first movie. And this one had none of that hype. The all this all this movie had was an incredible fucking director, an incredible cast that somehow overachieved from the first cast, and just a better story. I mean, this movie. I want again. I'm going to just say again. Overachieved. Everyone was just ah, Suicide Squad's a dead brand already. Why are you doing the same thing? And then you come in with John Cena, Peacemaker, which you fucking roll over into a just a game changing series. You bring in Idris Elba, who did phenomenal. You bring in a character who controls rats with a fucking wand, and one of the most compelling characters in the movie. You bring back Rick Flagg, you bring back Harley Quinn, give them separate storylines, and it works. Not only that, but you bring in Pete Davidson and Michael Rooker to get killed off in the first five minutes of the movie. It's just... I'll admit, and I think I've said this before on this podcast, but I'll say it again. I'm one of those people who does not like Pete Davidson, and I found it very satisfying to see his face get shot (laughs) off in this movie. I love Pete Davidson, but (laughs) still, no, I genuinely, I cannot praise the movie enough for opening on Michael Rooker and his character. I honestly couldn't fucking tell you what his character's name is, but opening his character and like the cool scene with the bird and he throws the ball and it bounces 20 times and it kills the bird. Right. And then he's like, oh, you're getting out. And he's the one getting introduced. To all these new people that we are going to follow throughout the thing. And then his character dot. That is one of the greatest swerves five minutes into a movie I have ever seen. Just killing off an entire Suicide Squad. Like they lived up to their name. I could go on about this movie for a full podcast. (laughs) That is why it's number six. I think. (laughs) Am I right on that? Yes, you are. Yes, number six. The Connection. Number five. Have you guessed it yet? Uh, I'm guessing the connection's James Gunn. Correct! Number five, Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm cheating a little bit. I'm going to say number one and two. Because number two holds a special place in my heart. But number one is the better movie. So I'm going to say Guardians of the Galaxy as a whole. Really, the list will say Guardians number one. Guardians of the Galaxy, like you mentioned, changed the game. It like it brought in this ragtag group of characters that no one knew from the comics unless you were a mega nerd. And me being a hardcore comic book fan that I am had never heard of Guardians of the Galaxy before this movie. Me being a fan of superhero movies before getting into the MCU. So I don't know. I guess I, I don't know how much of a fan I was, but me being a like superhero fan had never heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy. But I knew Chris Pratt, and that's all I needed. And I watched Guardians 1 at a, I think it was at a high school party. And I was a nerd in high school, so it's not like party like you think high school party. It was like we were drinking soda and playing pool in a basement watching movies. Um, Watched that movie, loved it. And then all of a sudden, Guardians 2 came out in the theaters, fell in love with the MCU. Like, that is why this is, I had to put this in number at number five for me. Because the Guardians of the Galaxy hold a special place in my heart. They made me fall in love with this ragtag group of people coming together as a family. They, 
I genuinely, and I wish I was kidding about this. They taught me this lesson of family is not blood necessarily. Family can be the people around you and the people that care about you. Like, and I don't want to get too sappy about it on this podcast, but that is genuinely something I took away from these two movies. And it was life-changing. James Gunn became my favorite director because of these movies. Chris Pratt is one of my favorite actors. I'm not going to talk about his personal views, but he's one of my favorite actors because of this movie and because of Parks and Rec. And I, it, it, I, I also just love the fact that Thanos basically got introduced in this movie. And the Guardians played such a big role going into Infinity War and Endgame as well. And I believe, we'll see, this is coming out before the third one, but I believe they're going to play a big part in this next phase as well. I, I, I just can't say enough good things about the first Guardians movie as a whole and the Guardians as a franchise and as a whole in the MCU. I'll be honest. I'm surprised that that wasn't higher on your list. I know how much you love Guardians, and I expect the guardians to land in the top three there's zero chance that i could bump down my top five or top four i just couldn't and you'll see why my top six was pretty solid like i was like mm, there's no way i can bump these movies out so <laughs> that being said let's continue on to number four number four is tough for me because it sits at number four on this list but it could arguably be like in my top three, top two, top one all time favorite movies. Uh, I absolutely love this movie. This movie, again, means a lot to me. It's one of the first movies I've ever that I ever watched. It's one of the first movies that I watched on repeat. It's one of the rare movies that I could probably say every line to. And some might say, whoa, whoa, whoa. This shouldn't count. But I'll tell you why you're wrong. Number four on my list is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie from 1990. This fits both superhero and comic book genres of these lists, of this top ten list that we're doing. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are... The heroes in a half shell, they are heroes. They are superheroes that fight crime and take down evil. And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles started as an independent comic book in 1984. So they it is a comic book movie. It is a superhero movie. It sits at number four for me. If you listen to this podcast regularly, if you just so happen to listen to a few episodes here and there, You've probably guessed that I'm a hardcore Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. And it started with these movies, in particular, started with this movie. I remember the day that my mom came home from a rummage sale with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Secret of the Ooze that she picked up at a rummage sale, both for a buck apiece. And from that day on, for probably two years since I was four, so years four and five, maybe even six, this movie was on constant repeat. I absolutely love this movie. It 
takes what you love from the animated series and takes what people love from the original comic book run and perfectly blends them together. The fact that these movies, the turtles were made by Jim Henson, the creator of the Muppets and Sesame street, the best puppeteer of all time brings these turtles to life in a way that never was accomplished again past these movies. Bay Turtles are cartoons that are operating in a live-action world. We've never seen the Turtles in live-action since these movies. You watch this movie, and you are seeing the Turtles in real life. It's funny. It's emotional. It's awesome. It is the perfect Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. If you haven't seen this movie... I highly, 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 highly recommend watching this movie. If you haven't seen it in a while, go back and rewatch it. I believe they're still on Netflix, and I think they might be on HBO Max. They are pretty readily available on streaming. I love this movie. It's It's got some dated moments to it because it came out in 1990. There are some 90s references. There is some 90s looks. There is some 90s feels to this movie. But it is an awesome, perfect Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I absolutely love it. It had to be on my list. It had to be in my top five. Like I said, my all-time favorite movies, this is definitely like in the top three at least. Because I absolutely love this movie. But for this list, this comic book movie list, it sits at number four. Number three is a movie that Kyle has already talked about. Another movie that is very important to me. A movie that shaped and molded my nerddom into what it is and my comic book love and lore. The Dark Knight. This is one of the ultimate comic book movies of all time. It's the perfect Batman movie. It's damn near the perfect comic book movie. It is the best portrayal of the Joker I've ever seen and probably will ever see. I love this movie so much. I can vividly remember the hype around this movie. And I vividly remember watching the trailer for the first time and going from from oh, it's another batman movie i'm excited to being completely obsessed i remember going to the midnight premiere back before thursday at seven o'clock at three o'clock premieres were a thing back in the day opening day started at midnight and i remember going to a sold out theater every room was showing the dark night at midnight and every room was sold out there were hundreds of people at this theater and i remember being completely floored and completely shocked by this movie i love this movie so much it just like teenage ninja turtles in the movie this movie could easily sit in my top five all-time favorite movies 
I will never get tired of this movie. I will never get sick of this movie. This movie means so much to me. It jump-started not just my comic book movie fandom and geekdom, but it also jump-started my comic book journey as well because I remember when this movie came out, Barnes & Noble was finally starting to pick up graphic novels for the first time. And I remember around the time this movie came out, going to Barnes & Noble and picking up two books, two significant books, two significant Batman stories, and that being Batman Hush and Batman The Long Halloween. And seeing the types of stories that those comics could tell and then seeing that portrayal of the Dark Knight on the big screen... For everybody going into the MCU being like, I never knew superhero movies could be like this. This was one of those movies where I was, I felt like I was a little bit ahead of the curve because I was like, this is a perfect comic book movie. And that would be The Dark Knight. So that sits at number three for me. Well, I've already talked about that. So (laughs) move on to my list. Okay. We're going to skip the, okay. Here's the thing. My number two and three have a very big uh, connection. So I almost, I'm going to, I'm just going to interrupt the, uh, I'll talk about my four and I'm going to go ahead and talk about two and three together. And then you can talk about your two and then we'll do our ones or your three and two, I guess. And then my one and two kind of go together as well. That works too. Perfect. Perfect. So I'm going to talk about my four quick. I'm a little torn on this one. I had to put it up here, but I honestly understand what you said earlier about this movie and about this franchise as as a whole. (sighs) Please excuse my cat. She's uh, hungry for attention. So you're going to hear her in the background. (laughs) Spider-Man No Way Home is number four for me. This was hard to explain (laughs) In, in, in the moment. I mean, this was something that built up for how many 2008 the first one came out along the same lines as the first iron man so like this movie has been a long time in the making and it told a damn near perfect story of three different peter parkers and three different spider-men either continuing their stories or just using their stories to tell one specific story i just also including six different villains five different villains i guess uh and and using their care again you're bringing characters from multiple different movies together and keeping their characters consistent while still making them look like a threat even though they've been beaten in the past it's just all extremely hard to do while also putting multiverse and magic into this story, it's hard to captivate an audience with all of that going on. And I really feel like Spider-Man No Way Home did all that. It told a phenomenal story where Toby got to save Peter from his darkest moment, which was getting revenge on someone who had wronged him. And... Andrew Garfield's Peter got to save Tom Holland's Peter from his darkest moment of losing Gwen when he saved 
MJ. Those two moments I are one of the most obvious things that I didn't see coming like ever. <laughs> like they're just such great story beats. The losing losing uh, Aunt May after she says with great power comes great responsibility. How we went through two Tom Holland Spider-Man movies and no one said that line and no one questioned it. <laughs> and then this movie happened and everyone was like, "Holy fuck." She said it and she died in the same movie like, "Fuck, we should have saw that coming." We as a collective should have saw that coming. I just I it's a lot to to go into a Spider-Man movie and say, "We're going to do a multiverse thing and we're going to bring back these two Spider-Man from past and we're going to keep it a secret and we're going to kind of tease it so that you expect it going to the theater but we're never going to confirm it." So it's still a really fucking cool moment when you're watching it in the theater. But at the same time, we're also going to deliver a phenomenal story for this current Spider-Man that we're telling while continuing the stories for not only the two Spider-Men, but the villains that they have in their story too. It is honestly one of my favorite movies as far as a storytelling perspective because there's so many damn characters there's so many damn moving parts it's the multiverse there's fucking sorcery in there there's so many different things that they had to control and i feel like they did it perfectly i don't even re like resent using the word perfect because it just i can't find a hole in anything that they did in this story i i absolutely love this movie as much as i love spider-man 2 this is my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. It was really hard to leave this off of my list. If I wasn't playing the uh, the spicy variety list, this would have been probably in my top 10. Listen, and... Brian, you can put all the variety you want into this list. <laughs> I'm spitting facts. Because <laughs> I, I agree. This, this is a damn near perfect movie it is a movie that had it been made at a different time would have been a complete disaster shit show steaming dumpster fire of a movie amazing <laughs> spider-man 2 <laughs> sorry i had <laughs> something caught in my throat there um yeah it and kind of like captain america uh the winter soldier I had insanely high expectations for this movie and this movie completely blew me away and exceeded expectations by showing me things that I didn't know that I want that I wanted but now that I have them I can't imagine a world without them. Yeah, we've we've sung this movie's praises to the high heavens throughout a number of episodes on this podcast and i i kind of figured that it would be on your list so that also made it a little bit easier to leave it off of mine knowing that we would at least talk about it at one point but uh, i'm glad that it's on your list number three for me and again i'm going to slightly jump brian a little bit here because a lot of my list is tied together my number two and three are extremely tied together so i feel like they have to be talked about together and that also leaves number one where brian knows exactly what my number one is going to be i do now you do now you do number two and three 
was the second and third movie that I thought about while making this list after the number one. And it's in a, I, I wouldn't say a surprising order. One movie is better than the other as far as, as a movie, but one is better as an experience. It's the Avengers in Endgame and Infinity War. Specifically in that order. And Endgame is number three for me. Infinity War fell at number two. And I will go into detail on both. I mean, I don't need to go into Endgame, right? We all know how just monumental that movie was. And as much as I love Infinity War as well, like it's a better movie, it's a better story. Endgame still told fucking 20 stories like all in the same thing while also introducing time travel into everything and making it make sense which is not easy to do while still raising some questions but i would argue raising intentional questions to set up future projects because now we're going into loki and the tva and the multiverse war but that all aside endgame was the culmination of 22 movies at the time 21 movies it was it was it was the end game it was all of these avenger movies all of these mcu movies finally coming together with the og six plus a couple telling old stories with a new twist and having all these heroes fulfill their destinies in the same fight which is just, I mean, just incredible. I it, It's just hard to put into words how monumental Endgame was, not only for comic book movies and superhero movies, but just for movies in general. The fact that they were able to tell all these stories and do it this successfully and make it, like, the, the, the stats speak for themselves. Endgame is one of the most, one of the highest grossing movies of all time that's all you need to know the story worked people wanted to see this movie it was almost impossible you had to get your tickets on the day they went available or you weren't going to see it the first day and then you risked spoilers they even put out a whole spoiler campaign like this was a whole thing rolling right into infinity war i feel like i've talked about infinity war on here before I went into Infinity War at a very unique perspective. I wasn't as plugged into the internet and the MCU at the time. I was under the impression watching Infinity War that this was the last movie. <laughs> I had no idea that there was a part two to this. <laughs> so while the ending is happening, spoilers, like people haven't in the world seen Infinity War, when all of the fucking main heroes of the movie fade into dust, my jaw, when I say my jaw was on the floor, that's a saying, right? It wasn't on the floor specifically, but it was, I genuinely watching the floor or watching, geez, watching the movie, jaw as open as it possibly can be. Just what the fuck is going on? There's no way this movie can go on any longer. And I was right. It couldn't go on any longer. It ended with Thanos and a smile on his face on his farm. And I was sitting there like, 
I literally turned, I think I was watching with Zach. I literally turned to him. I was like, there has to be another movie after this, right? And he goes, yeah, there is. <laughs> I was like, is this common knowledge? Because I had no idea. I can uh, I can picture this moment perfectly, was, knowing you and knowing yeah, Zach. Exactly. Uh, so not to mention my viewing experience, but just the... <laughs> Just the movie in itself. I I feel like I've done Marvel rewatches about three or four times now. I've seen this movie five or six times. It's just so well done. It's more perfect than Endgame because the stories and how they tie together and this whole MCU, nothing was planned from phase one. I think we can all agree on that. I think Kevin Feige would even admit to that. But the way that they were able to then tell those stories from phase one, that's the most impressive part. You can tell it's it's one thing to tell a story from A to Z, but to pick up a story when there's already eight movies to pick up that story and then to say we're going to wrap this all in together is just so impressive to me because like that's I think that's what phases one through three has over four through seven in my mind there was no real plan in phase one but they were able to then connect everything into phase three and it's just perfect again i view i'm gonna use that word in this top four because all of these movies are perfect and again i could go on for a long time but we've already gone on long enough that the end game is three infinity war is two brian the floor is yours I do know what your number one is. Yeah, of course I, you do. <laughs> I I think I could have guessed it even before you did your two and three. Um, Correct. And I believe it's a movie that I already talked about. So uh, Correct. Potential spoilers for your number one. For those uh, paying attention, you also know what it is. <laughs> yeah. My number one and two, this was the part of... This did you list. talk about your number three already? Sorry, I, I don't want to interrupt. My number three was The Dark Knight. Okay, that's what, okay. Just want to make sure. So my number two and my number one kind of ties in perfectly. And it's the one time on this list where I wanted to cheat. Because arguably it's the same story. But technically it's two different movies. So I'll break them up. My number two and my number one are the same as your number three and number two, but in reverse order. So I have Infinity War at number two, and I have Endgame at number one. Interesting. And I can see your point of view with your ranking, and I can empathize with it. And I will admit there was a very, very, very long period of time where I struggled with ranking these two movies because me being the person that I am had also ranked the entire Infinity Saga. And that was the hardest part of that list was deciding which one sits at number one and which one sits at number two. Like I said, this, these two movies are the same story. It's just a continuation. The way that people felt about the first Avengers movie when that came out of people being like, I never thought 
that I would see a movie like this in my lifetime. I never thought that these characters would ever come together in a movie and done the way that it was done is how I felt and how I feel about Infinity War. Because for me, Infinity War and Endgame is the perfect portrayal of a big comic book event. It brings in all of your all of your heroes together to take on one big threat. Everybody has their role. Some might have a more significant role than another, but it brings all of these characters together for one common goal. And you see characters doing things that you never thought that you'd see before and characters interacting in ways that you never thought that you'd see before. And that's what Infinity War is and was for me. I, I can agree that I think Infinity War is a tighter movie. It's it's a more solid movie. But Endgame ranks higher than Infinity War for me because Endgame hits me harder. Not just the third act of the movie and the battle at Avengers Tower, the, the ruin of Avengers Tower and everything that happens there and Avengers Assemble and I Am Iron Man and, and everything that happens in between. But it's the emotional beats that this movie hits. And the fact that out of the main three, arguably the main three Avengers, and that being Tony Stark, Captain America, and Thor, out of the three of those characters, I never thought that I would be more invested and have more of a impact and a connection with Thor. But I do. This, to me, Thor's journey is like the best parts of these movies. And mostly because of when this movie came out and how relevant it is for me. Thor went through a lot of loss in these two movies. And at this time, I was going through a lot of loss in my life. And so it's it's those moments and it is all of those big moments in the third act of the movie. It's revisiting key moments throughout the Infinity Saga. Moments that who the fuck knew that Thor the Dark World would play such a big part in Endgame. A movie that we just trashed like an hour ago. <laughs> but this movie does it. When you talked about earlier about this being one of the biggest movies of all time, it it is, and it probably always will be. And it's one of those things where when the naysayers say, how is Marvel ever going to be able to top that? You watch a movie like Endgame, and while I think they can, there's that little bit of doubt because of how perfect Endgame wrapped up that whole saga of movies. So that's why that had to be number one for me. That's why that sits at number one for me for MCU movies and sits at number one for me in the comic book superhero 
movies list for me. Kyle. <laughs> Reveal your number one, even though we all know what it is. <laughs> listen, I think we all of us are listening to this can agree that what the movies that me and you just talked about are the two greatest movies to come out of a comic book. However, this is my list. <laughs> and I have to, I, this was the very first movie I thought of. And there was nothing that was going to dethrone this as my favorite movie. I have watched Infinity War and Endgame five, six, seven, maybe eight times. I have watched Deadpool 20 to 25 times. I'm not even joking with that. At, at least 20 times i i fucking this movie is just so good it's so perfect you talked about it earlier i i was one of those people who was very excited for this i'm not a big i wasn't a big comic book guy but i knew of deadpool i had played the game i was trying to find the case before when you were talking about it but i have the game somewhere i absolutely love the game i love the character ryan reynolds like you mentioned is the perfect person to play deadpool i don't think they can ever recast deadpool as anyone else because it is ryan reynolds it's literally referenced in a comic book before he's even cast in this movie and he failed one time in the next minute movie but they righted that wrong at the end of the second one <laughs> and there's just so much hype around and i think what goes into this being one of my favorites too is the journey that we went on with this movie and with with ryan reynolds pitching this movie with fox for so long and the test footage being leaked what seven years before the movie even came out to get the audience riled up and 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 basically forcing fox to make this movie it's just it's one of those movies that is just it is the comic book lifted up into real life and put on a big screen in the movie theater it's just so perfect uh, and I and I absolutely I'm cheating a little bit. I will absolutely include the second one into this because I think the second one is almost just as good as the first one. I think they're just they're just the same movie put into it's a good story start to finish, and it's going to play into the third one, which is going to bring Deadpool into the MCU, and I can't wait. It's just a man going to bring I, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine into yes! the MCU. Exactly, I imagine when they put out this test footage back in fucking what 2007 imagine just telling someone this is going to be a three movie franchise and it's going to bring hugh jackman hugh jackman wolverine into the mcu <laughs> someone would have looked at you like bro shut the fuck up <laughs> somebody would have been like what's the mcu because well, 2007 the mcu wasn't right before Iron Man came out in 2008, so... Listen, don't get technical <laughs> on me, Brian. Uh, I, yeah, this movie had to be number one on my list because, again, like I said, I've watched it way too many times. It's my favorite movie of all time, and it just... it. I think it's just so true to the comics. Bringing in that fourth wall breaking, it works for the story not only just just for the character of Deadpool, but it actually works into the story too. I I love everything about this movie. I absolutely cannot wait. I'm a little scared that they're bringing it in the, into the MCU that they do it right, but 
I cannot wait for this to be a part of the cinematic universe. And it absolutely had to be number one on my list. All right, Kyle, take us through your list one more time. Bottom to top. Bottom to top. Honorable mentions. Batman Returns, Captain America Civil War, Captain America Winter Soldier, Thor Ragnarok, Logan, Black Panther. No particular order on those honorable mentions. <laughs> number 10, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number 9, Spider-Man 2. Number 8, The Batman. Number 7, The Dark Knight. Number 6, The Suicide Squad. Number 5, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number 4, Spider-Man No Way Home. Number 3, Avengers Endgame. Number two, Avengers Infinity War. And number one, Deadpool. My honorable mentions start with Punisher, The Losers, V for Vendetta, The Suicide Squad, and the Lego Batman movie. Number 10 for me was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number nine was The Watchmen. Number eight, Deadpool. Number seven, X-Men Days of Future Past, The Rogue Cut. Number six, Spider-Man 2. Number five, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Number four, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Movie from 1990. Number three, The Dark Knight. Number two, Infinity War. And number one for me is Avengers Endgame. That's going to wrap up our top 10-ish superhero comic book movies of all time in the Midwesterners universe. Before we can wrap this show up, though, we have to jump into our favorite segment, the best stuff recommendations of the week. Kyle, you're shaking your head. That's not a good sign. Do you have a best stuff? Ryan, this whole episode was the best stuff. Please go watch one of my top 16. And you let us down. I didn't let anyone down. <laughs> you said it yourself. This is a giant best stuff. Well, I wanted to do this segment because I saw a little movie last week that unfortunately nobody else saw. It fits the genre. It fits the theme of this episode. And this being the 100th episode of the Midwestern Nerds, we couldn't go without doing a best stuff. So my best stuff recommendation of the week of the 100th episode of the Midwestern Nerds podcast is a little movie called Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Yes, I can full-heartedly best stuff this movie because it is a good movie. I think i might like the first one a little bit more but the only negative thing that i can really say about fury of the gods is that it's a little long it kind of felt the two and a half hours that it is the two hours 20 minutes i think it it got a little bit long-winded but otherwise i had a lot of fun with this movie it it has the same heart that the first movie had it has the same fun that the first movie has it has the surprisingly dark moments that the first movie has. The opening of this movie, I was like, holy shit. We opened this movie this way? That was dark. Like, this is supposed to be like a, a, a family movie, like an all-ages kind of movie, but that was a dark way to open this movie. 
And there are some other dark things that they do throughout this movie, too, that's like, oh, wow, that's kind of pushing the PG-13 a little bit. There are some fun appearances in this movie. There are some characters that I did not expect to see in this movie. I highly suggest, if you haven't seen this movie but anticipate seeing this movie, that you avoid the marketing and the commercials because right now they are promoting those surprise appearances and cameos to promote the movie because nobody saw the movie. This was like a $120 million movie that opened to $30 million. It's kind of a bomb at this point to the, to the point where already the director has said, I never want to do comic book movies again to the point where actors are trying to point fingers at where this movie went wrong. It's kind of a shit show. The behind the scenes Hollywood stuff around this movie right now, but don't let that sour you against this movie. It's a lot of fun. There are two post-credit scenes. There's a mid credit and a post credit. I should say the mid credit is a lot of fun. The mid credit kind of, leaves the door cracked open for potentially having more Shazam in some way, shape, or form in the DCU going forward, I recommend this movie. I had a lot of fun. I think I had more fun in this movie than a handful of movies I've already seen this year. While the stack of upcoming movies is kind of pitted against this movie, it it could make it top 10 at the end of the year, but I kind of doubt it at this point. But if we get a few stinkers throughout the year that end up being disappointments, this movie could sneak into a top 10 for me. I had a lot of fun with this movie. I think it's worth going to the theater and seeing. Highly recommend Shazam, Fury of the Gods. And that's my best staff recommendation of the week. And we have been your Midwestern nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Please remember to rate and review, share and subscribe, be kind. Please rewind. All of these things help this podcast to continue to improve and grow and be the Midwesterners podcast that you, the listener, want to listen to. Next week, I think we might be jumping back into the uh, TV talk realm. There are going to be a few episodes of Mando that have been coming out at that point, and there might be a couple other things in the TV realm that are worth talking about. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But for next week, I think we can plan on uh, talking about more Mando and more TV talk. So for your Midwestern nerds this week, I've been Brian Stoffel. And I've been K.O. Kyle Olson. And whether it's beer, brats, comics, or 100 episodes. Keep it nerdy.